trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love and we're your hosts shelby and matt it's the end of hot girl summer shelby i know pumpkin spice lattes are on sale at starbucks liberty weekend is coming up Oh my and then it's gosh, fall, fall, fall festivals, fall festivals. Here it's come. literally a hundred degrees here, but I've never felt closer to fall. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be cooler there than in Texas. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it definitely feels nicer. It's like a dry heat. Mm, yeah. But yeah, no, this fall, this end of August snuck up on me. I am not necessarily ready to say goodbye. I think... I'm in a career where things slow down during the summer, which is very nice. Mm-hmm. I love a slow summer. And so the adjustment period when everyone decides like, oh, wait, I have to care about my job again. Like, ugh, it's the worst. So we'll see how it goes. But plus, for this week, I'm thriving. Plus, it's like it's going to be hard. You have more Speedo pics that you want to post. <laughs> and it's like, how, when are you going to put those up? Yeah, your you know, problems are real problems. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But yeah, no, I'm going to be out next week for Labor Day. Finally going on a trip, a vacation. Oh, where are you going? I earned it. I'm going home. (laughs) Oh, okay. So barely. I thought you were going to fun. You're going to Utah. I know. I realized that as I was saying it. I was like, this doesn't count in the grand scheme of things. But to me, it does. Um, Because there will be other people to entertain my child, who I love dearly. Um. Yeah, I don't know but, if that really counts as a vacation, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll <laughs> give it a we'll say yes. I'm taking the time. I'm moving from one house to a different one. And that's that's a win. That's a win for me. Um and then you're doing TIFF, right? The next week? Yes. Yeah. So we'll be off for two weeks because Shelby's gone oh for gosh. a week. And then I will be in Toronto at the Toronto Film Festival for a week. Not schmoozing with celebrities about. because no one interesting is going to be there. <laughs> Except for like maybe they are question. Oh. Because some scabs. No, but scabs in the building. There's like the I think in order to try to put more pressure on the studios, the mm-hmm. SAG after released this thing that's like, okay, you can get a waiver if you're a movie that like follows the rules and right. is not connected to a studio. Yeah. And I guess part of that waiver is promotion. And so oh. before they had, it had been a little murky on like whether the films that had this waiver, like were how much promotion they could do and how much they wanted the actors to do. But right. then the SAG after released a statement last week, sort of saying, Hey, if you have one of these waivers and you're a movie that has, that is, you know, um, working within the limits that we've set forward by uh, the terms that we've put in place, that you're allowed to do as much sort of press as you want. And so the wrinkle is that you have to, that like there's hundreds and hundreds of films that have requested these waivers and the SAG after is going through them like slowly but surely. Mm. So it's, so there's only a handful of them that actually have the waiver now, but some of those are going to tiff and 
theoretically within the next couple of weeks, like more films, I guess, could have those. So I think there, and then there's also, they've come up with some ways of like having actors being recognized for things that are past projects, not current projects. So I think that there will be more celebrities <laughs> at these film festivals than you maybe think that there are going to be, but they won't be they're promoting their movies necessarily, especially right. the ones that are like Netflix and, um, you know, Disney, Hulu, Warner Brothers, those kind of things. So, okay. But so then because maybe. of that, there's less press going. <clears throat> and I'm sort of like, will there be parties without all of the actors and without the press people? So I, I don't know. It'll be an interesting vibe, I think, in comparison to last year. Also, yeah. I'm going with a less well-known outlet so i feel like i'm less likely to get invited to some certain things than i was last year when i worked for buzzfeed so tbd but i'm (laughs) excited to go nonetheless there's lots of good movies screening there lots of award season stuff that i'm sure we'll be talking about some random not that awardsy movies that just happen to be coming out then um so yeah all kinds of things well i don't know if it was gonna be there probably not but um speaking of uh dune got pushed back R.I.P. to the yeah. sandworms. Well, they so Dune is Warner Brothers, I believe. Yes, and <sighs> Warner Brothers kept their entire fall slate in lot in place, except for Dune, which they're pushing back to March. Freaking March! And I am so sort of confused by this. Really, the only two high-profile movies that have been bumped from this year's lineup are Challengers and Dune, both of which are like Zendaya projects. And I think that studios just know how much coverage Zendaya gets for like red carpets and stuff. And so like, don't want to have movies coming mm-hmm. out that where they're not able to have her. You that's know, a provocative point. Doing things. That's but, a, that's a fair correlation. I hadn't considered. Um, but, but it is really, I feel sort of stupid on their part. Oh, it's, when oh. it was, it had a November release date which is like prime placement, presumably, I mean, who knows when the strike will end, but that is still two full months away. And then, of course, you know, like the the award season is is after that. Do, the, the original Dune got tons of, uh, you know, did very well in theaters, made tons of money, did very well at the Oscars. And I just feel like that November placement is so prime because you'd have people who go see it initially. You have people watching it over Thanksgiving. Um, Let me put on my conspiracy hat because I've been reading about this and I've watched many a TikTok and like different industry insider scoops. And I really think, I really think that some, that the director, the CEO, David Zasloff of Discovery Warner Brothers is on a mission to tank Warner Brothers. Like he, he is looking because the other thing that's happening is that there's going to be an opportunity next spring for NBC Universal to buy Discovery Warner Brothers. And that would be a huge payoff for David <laughs> individually. And so it's weird to watch these sort of strategic moves that make absolutely no sense, you know, from 
erasing the HBO Max brand, um, offloading all of these original content shows, not releasing movies that were fully produced. And then on top of that, it's like the Warner Brothers stock has just been suffering until this summer when Barbie was such a huge hit. Like that's a billion dollar movie. And so that should erase any and all concerns about like, oh no, we just we're not making money. So we have to like do this little tax write-off by erasing like insecure off of HBO and like selling it to Netflix. You know, like it's just it's just bonkers decision after bonkers decision. And now you have this Dune thing, which to your point, yeah, there hasn't been a big move to move back movies. And that's already gotten like a big publicity push. Like everyone knew it was coming out. Everyone was looking forward to it. Like it wasn't like something that would suffer from lack of word of mouth as much as some of these smaller films that haven't had their like, you know, viral teaser trailers and whatever. And it's also weird to just like take an Oscar winning like movie and <laughs> shove it in March. And his, their explanation, the official press release from Warner Brothers is like, we are confident that next year's spring break for students and the Easter holiday will provide runway for the title to succeed. <laughs> Like, okay, I don't, I guess I haven't heard this theory about NBC, Universal, and Warner Brothers. To me, that sounds dubious for a couple of reasons, but one being, like, I, and I think we talked about this at some point on the podcast, but, you know, there's only so many studios, and if studios combine with each other, then that gives less opportunities for workers, less opportunities for, you know, writers, producers, all, all kinds of things. There's less places to pitch. And this base, the same thing basically happened in book publishing uh, maybe a year and a half ago where Penguin Random House attempted to buy Simon & Schuster, which was one yeah. of the few um, major publishing houses left. And that got blocked by the government, I guess, because it was too uh, big of a merger. And so the deal sort of fell apart. And I right. kind of feel like if NBC attempted to buy Warner Brothers, that there would be a lot of similar uh, issues. So you I don't know. Hope, yeah. Yeah. But so the, that so, doesn't stop them from trying. No, no. But I'm kind again, of. Again, the I CEOs feel, don't like care about the workers and the heart. Right, no. But I sort of, I don't know. I feel like that's more of a far fetched idea to me than that I think that David Zaslav is a horrible person. And in my mind, I think maybe he's thinking, oh, like I, I will stay with this strike for a long time. And like, I don't want to pay these writers or these actors. So like, yeah, let's this drag on. And so is bumping Dune because he wants to make money off of it, but he he thinks that like yeah I'll stick around till November. And right, then, but they're not. But he's not bumping like Aquaman or like yeah. But those other have later Warner release Brothers. dates, and yeah. I think that maybe like Dune is the first like one sort weeks, of of yeah. those groups. Um, but then I also think like I don't think David Zaslav is someone who cares about the Oscars that much. Like I think he like I don't think he's focused on like that sort of artistry level so i think in his mind he's like oh march there's not going to be very much competition we can put the movie there people will still obviously go see it maybe they'll go see it on spring break i don't know but like i think he's probably thinking about something more of like uh um 
you know, Black Panther kind of release where it's like, oh, there's really nothing competing against it. So it has lots of weeks where it can just sort of rain at the theater. And if it doesn't get any Oscars, like who cares? Oscars don't make money anyways. Like, especially they cost a lot of money to do these campaigns. And, um, but that's what I'm saying is so bonkers is because they're like, oh, it costs too much. Oh, we're losing money. We're losing money. But they're they're making decisions that further corrupt their own value. Like HBO Max, the HBO Max stock price, you know, as soon as he cut out HBO. Like that's what's weird to me is that and, – and this isn't like, oh, like Reddit thread. Like these are industry like experts who are like reporting to Variety that there's blood in the water, NBC Universal wants Hulu, like all this sort of stuff. And I just think Zasloff isn't just – I don't think we can write him off as just stupid or like kind of Oh no, I don't tunnel think he's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but I think his I think the things that he cares about are very specific. And so like in my mind bumping this is a bad idea cuz it's like, oh, well then you're not going to get any Oscars the next year or that's going to be a lot harder of a sell and also, you know, you're not going to get like the all of the hype and the buzz from the movie coming out over Thanksgiving and Christmas. But if all you care about is money, then maybe moving it to March isn't necessarily a terrible idea because you will have a lot less competition at that point. Yeah, I hear you. But they also had booked a five-week like IMAX exclusive for Dune. So it's like now since other movies are coming out, it seems like it'll be harder to get that booked for March. But it doesn't matter. My point is that something weird is going on and either he's being greedy in a self-serving way or greedy in a sort of like penny pinching way but it's a mess it's a huge mess and um yeah oh yeah it's a terrible decision and i guess this brings us into another story which is just the writer strike in general where or i mean and the screen actors guild strike where Last was it last week? Two weeks ago, there was sort of like some tentative, like "Ooh, maybe the writer strike is wrapping up." They're like back in, they're back in conversations. The studios have put together a deal, but that really like fell apart quickly. The deal wasn't very good. The writers didn't want it. They said, you know, this is all sort of basically a sham, and that the studios were trying to like. Uh, shove this down our throat. It doesn't match any of the terms. There's lots of loopholes in it. Then the studios tried to defend themselves and that didn't go well. Now the studios have hired a crisis management firm (laughs) to try to handle their PR because their PR is so bad. Meanwhile, the writers and actors are like having cast reunions on the picket lines. Like they're just (laughs) continuing to get tons of good press, I think. Um, So it doesn't appear that either of the strikes will be ending anytime soon, but the studios are continuing to look worse and worse um and yeah yeah i don't i think that in my mind at a certain point i was like oh maybe like they'll maybe the studios are trying to kind of like get this wrapped up before all of these festivals but that doesn't (laughs) seem like it's happening at this point like maybe new york which isn't until october like something would have come up but um but yeah it feels like this is going to be going on for at least another month or so Yeah, they're being total dicks. So (laughs) I don't see – I also just – I know I talked about it last week, but Burn It Down, 
the like Hollywood expose really oh, just yeah. radicalized me and my opinion on the people in these higher up positions. Really interesting stuff there. Um, but yeah, it's an unfortunate slow process. I'm glad that so many celebrities are sticking by it. You have a, a handful of people who have announced, who SAG announced, donated like over a million dollars to the emergency fund, which is very good. And hopefully more people are doing that or large portions because obviously, like we talk about, it's not going to be the Hugh Jackmans and the, I don't know, Ryan Reynolds that are struggling. <laughs> it's like everyone else who doesn't have work and hasn't had a full-time job in months, let alone. Well, and the thing with years. a lot of those celebs is that they make more money or, you know, a decent portion of their money on advertising, which they can yeah. still do. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> it's like they have money coming in. The people who don't are the regular actors. But I also think that just the way that, I mean, one social media works now and also just the cultural mindset on work and unions and strikes and all of that has changed so much i think since the last time that this has happened and so these studios and their executives who are you know out of touch like 60 70 year olds i think are still in that mentality of like well you got to put your time in and <laughs> yeah. you know don't talk about salaries with your coworkers and some of those like old adages that were very pro business and used to kind of keep everybody in line. But I don't think those really work anymore. And so the yeah. fact that they keep trying to, you know, figure out a way to spin it to make them look like they're not being completely unreasonable when they're flying around in private jets and trying <laughs> to screw, you know, writers off of pennies is ridiculous. And I just can't, I just, like, obviously at some point there will be, They'll meet in the middle to a certain extent, but I feel like the tide of public opinion is so strong on behalf of the writers and the actors right now that it doesn't, I could see them sort of being able to hold out longer than maybe they did in previous times where the, where public opinion would be like, you know, the studios probably are like, you know, they know what's good. Like, they're not that bad. You know, where now I think everybody's like, oh, no, yeah, F the <laughs> yeah. studios. Like, yeah. I haven't seen a single sentiment anywhere that's, oh, you know, they're smart. Like, they know what's up. Yeah. Well, speaking of other strike news, I found this story so so random and delightful. The stripper striking? No. Oh. <laughs> Ed Sheeran is promoting an album. I hadn't known this was coming out, but it's called he, – he's moved on from the mathematical equations, and this is called um, Autumn Variations. Autumn Variations. Um, okay. And so to promote it and to promote a, a performance in, like, Seattle or something, he, he spent a day um, working at a Starbucks – like he just, oh, did a shift at Starbucks to like promote their return of the pumpkin spice latte, <laughs> which oh. is like silly and seemingly beneath him, but like whatever. But the icky part is that this is a store that has been um, union busting, that has been union busting for uh, the, you know, the the workers who'd been trying to promote the union. Oh, yes. And, and so they'd send in all these reinforcements to like bust up the union to make it not happen. So the Starbucks workers union caught up on the story and was like, this is straight up embarrassing. Like imagine, <laughs> imagine that being a quote thrown at your face, but it is embarrassing because it's like, first of all, you're just a corporate shill now. Like, sir, you've been played. Like 
I don't know if he was aware of it or thinking of it. He probably wasn't. Like, I don't know if he's necessarily like, you know, striking deals in back rooms with like the CEO of Starbucks and like being like, I've got you, bro. But the fact that he just like didn't <laughs> think about the optics or like talk about it. And now he just has all these cutesy, silly, like cringy, embarrassing videos of him like making coffees and spelling people's names wrongs in his little green apron um, while the union calls him out for not only working at this store in particular, but they also called out the fact that every worker in the photo, like, you know, wearing the green apron is upper management, not like the usual day-to-day uh-huh. <laughs> hourly wage baristas. <laughs> so not a good day to be Ed. It's tough. Yeah. Uh, poor, <laughs> poor Ed Sheeran, really. Poor Eddie. My my artist of the decade, famously, we'll never forget. I know, I know. He goes from Game of Thrones, just being the most hated man there, and now now the union workers are against but him. But he too. was good in the Beatles movie. It must be said. <laughs> it must be said he was good in that. Yeah, sure. He was great. We can't. We he was can't, great. We can't lie. Yeah. Um, the the other story that I was interested in. And I, like, was reading on it, and I really couldn't get a handle of it. And I was like, maybe Shelby will know more about this. Is this Scooter Braun situation? Oh, yeah. Where supposedly every all of these celebrities are leaving Scooter Braun yeah. as a, their manager. But then I couldn't figure out, like, why that is. Yeah, I was like, mystery. I was like, is there – did he do something? Was there, like, a public scandal? Because so I saw these theories. articles about it them leaving but yeah. then i couldn't find out any particulars because yeah like no. and then justin it was rumored that justin bieber was leaving because scooter Braun obviously became famous because he found justin bieber and sort of made him a yeah. pop star yeah. but then they released a statement saying that that's not true but a bunch of mm, other yeah. celebrities either have left or are rumored to be shopping for other yeah. management companies at the moment yeah so adina menzel demi lovato ariana grande all exited last week. And Justin Bieber, they did release that statement, but it was a very intentionally vague statement where it's like, they'll continue to work together. But the industry insider is that they're like headed towards a split and lawyers are working out like how that deal will become undone, Um, which is just like, oh, what's happening here? Um, The two theories are basically the like, karma is a cat like taylor swift voodoo type of stuff where something's coming down the pipeline that's just going to be totally radioactive and no one will want to be associated with this brand anymore which would have to be a pretty big and disturbing story because obviously they've stuck by him even as like you know even through the taylor swift re-recordings drama so they think that so the theory is that like Taylor Swift is going to like release no, no, a documentary no, no. <laughs> or something about him. No, no, it- no, no, no. Just that Taylor Swift has dedicated songs to be like karma is coming. Like the the idea is there's Tay Voodoo where anything Taylor speaks comes true. And if she sets your sights, she sets her sights on you, you will be destroyed. Okay, but that's not a real theory, but Shelby. That but is what I'm saying is that's just a that's just an overhead like cutesy headline to then explain the real theory, which is okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the Taylor Swift name drop. What I mean is people are joking about how ironic it would be if Scooter Braun had a scandal come out after Taylor Swift implied there was one. Now, the scandal coming out would not be about Taylor, probably. It would be something else, probably something like When did she imply that there was a scandal? In the song um, Vigilante Shit, um, in her song from Lover. Anytime she mentions Scooter, she talks about, oh... 
I know he's a criminal. Like, I know he cheats. I know he's a loser. He's an incessant, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how so to we, explain this to so, you. So, okay, but we think that possibly Taylor Swift knows <laughs> about Yeah, possibly, possibly Taylor Swift, at the very least, is a good reader of people and knows that Scooter Braun is trash. And now there's an implication that, oh, maybe that's why everyone's fleeing, is that a story's about to break, that he did something that so like disgusting that they don't want to be He's like running like a child prostitution yeah, ring yeah, or exactly. something and they are like, okay, I got to get out of there. Because they're like, okay, why would everyone decide to leave? Especially these really loyal people like Demi and Ariana who have spoken out in defense of him multiple times no matter what bad press comes out. Like around the Taylor Swift scandal, around his divorce, around Demi Lovato's um, sobriety. Like they've always been gunning for him. And so now the fact that they're leaving and Justin Bieber, it's like, huh, this is shady. The other more practical theory is that ever the grifter, Scooter Braun has realized that the money to be made is not in the US market, but in K-pop. And he did that deal with his, where he like sold his company to like a Korean <laughs> I don't know the exact machinations of what these management people do or what their like, you know, product is, but basically he's become involved and enmeshed in the K-pop scene. And so there's a theory that okay, he's just been neglecting his US like people, and so they're like I'm done with this. I don't want to be second fiddle. So like enjoy your new your new groups and your new efforts on the global scale. Um and to me, that that seems more true just to the pattern of Scooter Braun, who is someone who's pretty flighty in his attention span. Like, you know, before he became a manager for musicians, he was doing like party whatever. And so I think he would be someone who's like, oh, I, I want more. I want bigger. So he's moving to a global market where K-pop is just like insurmountably huge compared to like Adina Menzel. You know what I mean? Right. But wouldn't like is our k-pop stars making more money than like ariana grande oh yes a hundred percent i mean i don't know the breakdown of like what each artist makes like on a but, dollar like, scale where? but they're bigger deals <laughs> you need to get out of your western perspective k-pop groups you know it's like how that that theory came out that there'd be a huge like a huge bestseller coming out and everyone's like, oh my gosh, right. no, it's yeah, Taylor it was Yes, yes. Yeah, but these K-pop stars are huge on a global scale in a way that Ariana Grande and Demi Lovato will never be um, just because guess, it's like, hard to break I, in. Like, I guess I sort of understand this, but I'm like, which country, like, like <laughs> English is okay. a language that like a decent, like is fair. Like, like You don't like, have to speak First of all, a lot of K-pop songs are multilingual, um, yes. which is why BTS is a huge song that has a lot of songs in English. Um, so it's less about like, you know, understanding every lyric and it's like the vibes. Right, but and like, the are they really big the... in China? Like, is that like, like I'm tr like, which countries know, are the base of K-pop sales aside from Korea? <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that we hear about K-pop and K-beauty and like like they have a huge footprint that just because it's you're not like aware of how it impacts the world I mean no I, but I'm I can't saying, like break it down like, for you no I obviously there are things that are big in the world that like do not reach me here in America for various reasons I'm just saying like Ariana Grande seems to me to be a very big like 
global pop star. So if 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 Scooter Braun is like, oh yeah, Ariana Grande, like small fish, don't care about her anymore. Like, let me find these other people. I'm like, where is the money coming from? Like, which countries are like, is K-pop big in Africa? Like, is K-pop big in South America? Like, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, like, where know. is I it mean, just it's... big in Asia? Like, are like, do Japanese people love K-pop? I mean, it's big in America too. Is my point. Like, it's big, right? There's big pockets. I don't know, like, you know, their numbers in freaking, I, I don't know, like Norway. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm but I'm saying, one, like, financially. Financially, so, they're making money somewhere. Yeah. So Scooter Braun is the sole CEO of Hype, Hype B, H-Y-B-E America. So I think the idea would be that this is a K-pop, you know, company. This is a K-pop management company. And now he's running that. And so maybe his focus has drifted to making sure those artists break out, localizing the K-pop business model in the U.S. music industry. So it's like maybe he's, so he's trying, trying to make, to make it K-pop bigger in the U.S. Here. Yeah. Or he's trying to work on building a clientele on the K-pop scene. Either way, he, it's clear that his financial focus has been more geared towards building out that business, and so it would it would it would follow that his personal time and like management hands on efforts have dwindled for these yeah. U.S. clients yeah, as well. I feel like that makes sense. I mean, I I mean, not that it would necessarily be like mutual mutual because he wouldn't want to give up that money. Yeah, but it seems like yeah, like if he's saying to these clients hey you know i'm spending all this time working on like this k-pop thing is like my new endeavor yeah it could have been well and you look at these stars and they're not like ariana grande had a huge thank you next and um the album after that but her new one hasn't done that well she's obviously taken a break with her wicked filming um Bieber's last couple albums have not done well. He had to downgrade his stadium tour to arena, which is so embarrassing before ultimately canceling. So it's like, it could also be that they just don't trust him anymore. It's not vibing. It's not working. Like they haven't been successful. So it's reason to look for new management if possible. I don't know. Adina Menzel was performing at a gay bar last week here in New York. Adina Menzel. Yeah. She has a new album, I think. Yes, no, she does. I had Truly to add a high art. about it. Yeah. yeah. It's like disco or something. Yeah. Um, mm. I've been avoiding this story because I honestly hate it. <laughs> oh, are we going back to Lizzo? No, no, no. Oh. Um, this, I just want to say, I just want to comment on him briefly because a couple of people got into my DMs and are like, why haven't you talked about the Snow oh. White of it all? And Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. So Rachel Ziegler famously cast to play Snow White in the live action. Um, and I guess I guess this is what's interesting to me is she said a few things that are like salty and kind of cringe where she's like, like, I'm not going to have a like, we're, this isn't 1950s anymore. I'm not going to be falling in love with a stalker, you know, like playful and maybe truthful ribbing of the original source material, which again, to everyone listening, no one has liked. I have not met a single person who's like, my favorite movie is Snow White. Like, my favorite childhood memory is Snow White. Like, no. We've all made the same jokes and the same eye rolls about this movie forever. But the tides turned 
And I think we have to like, you know, really sit with why and when. And the tides turned when this strike started happening. Against Rachel Ziegler. Against Rachel Ziegler, where everyone's suddenly like, wow, what a snobby bitch. Like, she has no respect for the source material. She sounds like such a prick. Here comes the woke Disney, like, saying that women can't fall in love anymore. And it's just like, think piece after think piece, TikTok after TikTok. So many reactions where it's like, she's so, she's you know, just name calling her, saying she's ungrateful, that she should just be glad for the relevancy that this movie gives her. And like, just like this continued train of misogyny and subtle racism and general um, sexism about how a woman should feel and speak out about how she feels. And I just think that the timing of it is just like, it's clearly (laughs) that Disney is more than happy to let these little conspiracies bubble up and these little hate videos bubble up because it's free promotion for a movie they cannot promote. It's like See, I feel like I must be on a different side of TikTok. Or you haven't Twitter. seen any of this? Oh my gosh. Because no, I haven't seen you. This. I feel like the stuff that I have been seeing about this is sort of like this is a cursed project that is like clearly like was ill. Like they (laughs) should never have gone back to this well from the beginning because this movie is so like the original has so many uh, like problematic pieces and obviously they were going to step in it. And then it sort of has because the first thing that came out about this movie, the big to do was the fact was the dwarves part because Peter Dinklage released this statement or said on a podcast or something like, why is Disney doing a dwarves movie? Like this is, hurtful it's embarrassing like this is not what we should be doing in 2023 or 2024 whenever it's supposed to come out um and so then they had to rework the script and so now it's like snow white and her seven like jolly friends or something i mean they were (laughs) they dropped the dwarves from the movie title it's now just called snow white but it's like obviously they have to have seven something or another's for the because they have to have Sleepy and Doc and whatever. Like, that's the story. But they can't just all be little people. So now it's like one of them is a little person and the rest are all sort of like other, like, creature kind of thing. I don't know. So that feels weird and dicey to me to begin with. And then, yeah, then she, re- I saw that she had, um, that they had interviewed her. And I think, well, I want to say the director as well or the screenwriter the or somebody. Is the stepwife, stepmother. So maybe she was. Oh, maybe. Yeah. And that they were sort of like, yeah, this is a very different story. Um, Like, obviously, we had to modernize it because of the uh, because, yeah, it's like you can't just be asleep in the bed. And then he comes along and kisses her like that feels weird in 2023. And so. So, yeah, I guess I've seen stuff that's like, what are we even doing here? Because at this point the story is going to look nothing like the original. And so why, like, why are we making this movie? But I haven't, I feel like I haven't seen the. Bless um, you. I've seen all the reactions to the reactions. Rachel Ziegler was also the one who was uh, in West Side Story and then didn't get invited to the Oscars. Mm, Yeah. Right? Um, I blocked that memory, that movie from my memory, but I believe so. Okay. Um. I mean, so I do feel like she does. She is like kind of uh, quippy, or like like you can see how she could maybe like. Uh, yeah, she I gives off like a young Anne Hathaway vibes, where it's like there's something okay. so like earnest, but also like 
that can be read as bratty. Yes. But it's like, who cares? Like, honestly, she can right, feel how exactly. she wants. You don't have to like her. What's also, weird, it's a Disney remake, which is going to exactly. be terrible no matter what. So it's like, why do we care about this Yeah, at all? it's like, why are you pretending that this is a project you care intimately about? Like, everyone was making fun of it when it was announced. <laughs> and now you're saying someone isn't giving it enough, like, respect. It just, it boggles the mind. And it's like, both sides of like the ultra conservative and then like the true film lovers are like, oh my gosh, like why don't well, yeah, people love people work are, anymore? Those people are miserable and I mean, <laughs> conservatives will find anything to yeah. be riled up about, like stuff they, yeah. they haven't cared about in years. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they're all now pro JK Rowling after they try to drag her for decades because <laughs> of the witchcraft thing, like says everything you need to know about that. Yeah. And then the and then these like old white waspy film lovers who who are the same people who are obsessed with West story last year or two years ago whenever that came out it's like you guys you can have enjoyed this movie when it came out and and still like have that enjoyment but also be like you know what this is something that was a product of its time that maybe has some issues now that we don't need to revisit we don't need to go back to it and if we are going to redo it there is going to need to be some edits because we can't have a movie (laughs) with seven little people and also a sort of rapey plot line you know yeah and it's just like interesting comparing this to the Little Mermaid, which obviously had huge, fully racist attack against Halle Berry oh, being yeah. cast, but they came out and they're like, "Hey, this is our this is our queen." They really made an effort to show how much they care about Halle and like make sure it was a positive experience. Haley, I mean, and that they like stuck out their necks, quote unquote. And you're like, "Oh, good for Disney!" Like, not you know taking it, but now that it's like the strikes happening, I think it's just another testament to how little these studios actually care about their talent and like the morality of whatever story they're choosing to tell or whatever, because it'd be easy for them to come out and say like, hey, we stand by our star. Like you won't know the full story until the movie comes out. Like look forward to seeing you in theaters then. But instead they're happy to let this like controversy just completely take over because it's like good free publicity, even if it comes at the cost of their own star. Well, so <laughs> uh, happiest place on earth. The movie doesn't come out for a while, though, right? Uh, yeah, like, I, I know. It it's just like everyone year. got bored. Everyone got bored, and they're like zeroed Why in on this young woman. Use for it. Well, it was. I don't know. I think it's because they were at like different red carpets, and so they were asked about the project or whatever. And then I think Rachel was on the picket line and sarcastically like referenced her work without like name dropping it or something. And so that was a soundbite that just started to rev people mm. up. And then I'm sure, I'm sure that some people on the marketing team are like, well, you know, if we give these videos enough views, they'll blah, 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 blah. That's, that's marketing. That's marketing 101. No press You're is really bad all press. in on these conspiracy theories. Today. I am. And it's because of the book, honestly. <laughs> I don't believe anyone in those we corporate have offices Swift's are doing good. We have Taylor Swift's voodoo that's coming into play. Yeah, Karma we have a, a we have Karma a takes David Zaslav's NBC um, <laughs> acquisition. You're welcome. Oh, wow, you know this is the well fully stuff. leaning into my middle aged descent into conspiracy. My love it this week is um, Miley Cyrus's new song. I used to be young. Oh, I haven't heard this. Yeah, so it's like a cute song. Uh, she released it. I think she's Wait, doing why like is a. She, release... she just released an album, didn't she? The one uh, she relatively, from the ha- yeah. From the bar 
And now she's releasing another one? Or this is just a single? This is a single. I don't know when her next album is coming out officially, but she said that she's been working on this for years and and it's a song that's close to her heart. Anyways, whatever. I have mixed feelings about Miley Cyrus. I think there's still an element of harm she caused through her like blackness with the bangers era, her black scent with the bangers era and all that sort of stuff that she hasn't really fully acknowledged. But I think this song is interesting and it kind of is at the cross section of a lot of my different interests, which is child stars and womanhood and, you know, living on the internet and also just growing up. And so the song itself is basically like about like, oh, you used to say, you. I know I used to be crazy. I know I used to be fun. You say I used to be wild. I say I used to be young. So it's like about, it's like about how she feels different than who she was as a kid and how she's trying to give herself grace for growing up in the spotlight and like making mistakes, but also being held to that same persona and being like, why are you not, you were wild, you were crazy. Like, where did that go? And being like, well- I was young. I was different. It was like time has passed, you know. I think it's interesting and um, it's just a fun, quiet song that fits nicely right next to the other Sad Girl Summer track, um, Billie Eilish's What Was I Made For? Uh, So really, if you're a woman of a certain age trying to process this new phase of life, you've been been blessed multiple times this summer with some real heavy hitters. And her music video, she's also wearing like a Mickey Mouse t-shirt, which I think is a humbling reminder that she has been acting and like in a career since she was like, what, 10 years old. And it's like after reading Jeanette McCurdy's book and like all the talk that comes out around child actors and like child stars and the complete like dehumanization of children at their like most impressionable moments. I think it's always fascinating to watch people like learn and grow and hopefully be less bad <laughs> through that journey eventually. And so I think this song, while it doesn't like necessarily excuse everything or like work as an apology for all all the bad or whatever, I think it's a good reminder that it's like, you know, but also how we're all old growing. was she during those other periods? Like how old was she when Oh, she, she was like twenty. Bangers? She was at twenty during the wrecking ball era, I think. So yeah, it's like, yeah, I used to be young. Like it's like a baby. Yeah. You don't want to like write off everything, but it is an interesting life to picture yourself in and think about what you would be like too. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Well, I mm. heard that David Zaslav actually wrote the song <laughs> and had it produced because I wouldn't doubt it. There I mean, are code words in Cyrus it is that are releasing not a songwriter. About <laughs> about the sex ring that Scooter Braun has <laughs> and that this is all coming together because of Kabbalah. You couldn't surprise me. <laughs> um, I My love of this week is the movie Bottoms. Have you seen oh, this? okay. No, I haven't. Was it good? Uh, um, I really liked it. I saw this back like several months ago. It was at New Fest Pride, which is like the Pride uh, weekend film festival for uh, gay movies. I, I think it originally premiered at South by Southwest. It stars Rachel Sennett, who is the girl from uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies and uh, Shiva Baby. And then also um, Iowa Debris from Bear. The Bear. 
And they play a pair of lesbians in high school, sort of like a book smarty kind of energy. They decide that they, or they have a crush on these like cheerleaders and they sort of come up with this con that they're going to start like a self-defense club and that that will be the way that they are able to flirt with these cheerleaders that they're into. Um, and so it starts off, or I mean, there's elements to it that are more like Lady Bird, Booksmart, like sort of straightforward, um, like general, like growing up comedy. But then there's also some like crazy, crazy stuff that takes it off into a more like absurdist level. And it's really funny. The cast is really strong. Like Kaya Gerber's in it randomly. Um, the guy from the British guy from um, Red, White and Royal Blue is in it playing like the high school jock. So it, <laughs> it's a really like weird movie, but it's a lot of fun. The cast is really good. And I think it fits nicely within that like, yeah, book smart kind of realm. It just came out this past weekend, at least in New York. I don't know when it will be out everywhere else, but it's a lot of fun and a good time of a movie. The night I saw it, it was like lesbian night. So it was basically just <laughs> me and a bunch of lesbians watching this. And then afterwards, That's they were to be like, their safe space. Well, I'm basically, whatever the version of faghag is for lesbians, that's what I am. And I don't think there's a word for it, but, like, that's my vibe. Okay. So, you know, I, like, count. I'm one of the people. <laughs> um, and, but then after the screening, they were like, okay, like, we're having an after party, but it's actually here in the theater. So, like, everybody, like, grab a drink, and then you can sort of just wander around. We're hoping that lots of lesbians, like, are, make out in the back of the... <laughs> Like in the chairs in the theater, we're like, okay. So it was a it was Continue a corny out. night, not for me, but for yeah, the yeah. girls. Yeah, cute. Well, no, the, it looked like a fun movie. I think it's it seems like exactly what you'd expect. Yeah, yeah, and good. I feel like it'll be a like once it hits streaming in airports and stuff. I feel like it'll also do well. Yeah. <sighs> well, speaking of streaming and. Girls growing up, we are doing <laughs> – you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. Yes. This week, which is crazy never, because baby. never – not in my 2023 bingo card <gasps> did I have Shelby texting me, we have to do an Adam Sandler movie I don't think those are the podcast. words I use. <laughs> she said, desperate for more Adam. <laughs> Let's do the movie he's in. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I, I miss the days when we were talking about freaking – She said, "We, I got to do some – prep for Hubie Halloween because yeah. spooky season's coming. Let's do the new Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, so we'll he wasn't in it much. So we'll see if that was enough for me to get on that happy Gilmore train. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that'll be our last episode for a couple of weeks. So yeah. come up back on Thursday and then we will see you like sometime mid-September. <laughs> yes. For what? The Haunting of Venice or something. <laughs> My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, perhaps. Something. Something's got to be in the works. I hope. <laughs> Maybe that's when the uh, Snow White's finally coming out. Oh, all this gosh. Dear Lord. <laughs> okay. We'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Bye. Bye.